Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to those business items. My name is, my name, my name, how did I get a stutter all of a sudden? <laughs> my name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. You know, I was actually thinking you were right before that happened. It's like, wow, this is the first time you did two intros that were normal and didn't, you didn't screw up on it. But. <laughs> I know Monday's episode did come out a little too normal, so I had to twist it up a little bit. Yeah, you went all porky pig on us. Is that who that is? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Porky pig represents the uh, the stuttering community, which apparently I'm ready to join. So we have a pretty, pretty interesting thing to talk about, at least the, well, I don't know, you were way more interested in this than I was. I'm not really sure why, but <laughs> I'll give my summary and then you can give your summary of it. But from what I can tell, it's basically Delphi I believe I'm pronouncing that correct, had a driverless car and Google had a driverless car and apparently they almost got into an accident, but they didn't. That's how I see the story. (laughs) But you were way more intrigued about this thing than I was. Yes, that is accurate, I would say. The internet kind of got interested in this and maybe it was just kind of the time that I happened to be surfing because as we know, driverless cars are kind of coming, coming about and really making its way into actual roads. And when you have two driverless cars almost get an accident, but they don't, it's as if like, okay, this we're, we're getting closer to, to that point where we just have a bunch of cars zipping around with, without people in the driver's seat. From the accounts here, and I think both sides are kind of really downplaying this, especially Google, or no, sorry, especially Delphi that says, the vehicles didn't even come close to one another because they actually had a an official in one of the cars and basically said the Google car cut it off and the Delphi car took the appropriate action and didn't change lanes. And that was that. But I'm not sure how fast these were going, but the Google cars that are driving around now are going, what, like five miles an hour that are going around taking photos of Street View and everything. So even if they did hit each other, not going to be significant by any means. But what about when it gets to the point when, you know, assuming it does get to the point where these cars are going down the highway and, and there's an issue of a lane change, that's a, obviously a much bigger issue at that point. But I think, I think they're going faster than five miles per hour, right? The instances of other issues where the Google car, the ones that do street view and everything have been in wrecks. I think they've every time said it was the fault of a human driver, but the actual accidents have been very slow speeds the cars have been traveling that's what i that's what, that's why i assumed it could they could have been going faster I, i'm not really even sure well i actually so google's car i think they've had three plus accidents over the last few years of non-stop driving and all the accidents were you're right they were caused by other drivers actually and like for example the the car would stop at a light and be they'd be hit from behind or something to that effect and you know whether they could have stopped later or whatever given more room in the back obviously the google's car is and responsible for that but anyway the point is is that i think i think i think they're on regular roadways but it, it, it begs the question that okay what are some of the liability aspects that are going to come from these these types of cars and not only these types of cars but also what if your employees start driving these types of cars or in general what is the liability of your employees 
uh, driving cars out there and, and the result of an accident, what happens? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the first step. We're not going to get into, let's say you sell goods and you ha- you're, have a driverless semi-truck because that's obviously a, a whole nother ball game. But yeah, what if what if you do have these driverless cars and you're for the business? And I guess it would be, what are you saying, to transfer transport employees or... Well, let's talk about employer liability in general first, and then we can talk about see how that applies in the driverless car world. So basically, if you have an employee, and it, ma- it, it makes a difference whether it's an employer or contractor, if it's an employee and they're doing something related to work, okay, and they're out there on the road and they get into an accident, generally the employer is going to be liable, okay? And even if the employee is negligent, right? They, you know, they ran a red light or, or what have you. And so now there are exceptions to that. Like, for example, there's a standard rule that, okay, employees that are going to work or coming from work, they're not on the job duty. But if they go to lunch, for example, but they're told, oh, can you pick up the copies from Kinko's or I guess it's called FedEx now, FedEx Copy Center, pick up the copies from there on the way home, then technically that lunch break would be in the scope of that work. And if that person got into an accident, then the employer could be held liable. And there's a lot of exceptions like that. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of getting to is cars aren't going to be taking the employees to and from work, the commute. It's going to be those other instances, like you said. So some examples, and of course, we'll qualify this with there are exceptions to everything. So generally speaking, some examples that are common for that our employees might be or employers might be held liable. So when an employee has no fixed place of employment and travels to multiple job sites, when an employee injures themselves while traveling to a location away from their normal job site, when an employee is on a special assignment for the employer, I think that's the example you just said, and then travels is a significant part of the employee's job duties. So there was a term, what was the term that for in torts where? It was uh, frolic. Yeah. That's a reference that most people will get. But yeah, like basically the, the concept is, is okay, if the employee is part of the job, you know, is is on the job out on the car, but then takes a detour to get a, a drink from 7-Eleven or something like that. And the question is, okay, is that a detour or is it a frolic? I think of the difference and, you know, the difference. Frolic and detour, you're right. Frolic and detour. <laughs> so I think if it was like an incidental detour, like I'm just going to pick something up on the way, a detour is still within the scope, whereas a frolic is more like, I don't know, on my way to pick up the copies, I'm going to go to the other side of town and visit my sick aunt or something. I don't know. I think that would be more considered more of a folly. If I, if I recall my, my tort days uh, in that, but (laughs) yeah, I just like the name, but I mean, I I think if anything, I'm just trying to think, and the the laws, there's really no law out there right now in terms of employer liability. There's no cases because it hasn't happened yet. I mean, Google and these other ones have been involved in things, but there's not really anything out there for us to judge it on on this point. So, well, what's interesting is that if there is an, let's say you do have an accident with a driverless car and somehow the driver, which is weird to say, is held at fault or the car yeah. that, you know, then now the question is, is that who's really at fault? Is it the driver or the employer or is it Google or the manufacturer of the driverless car that maybe there was some defect or it didn't operate as expected. And that that's what's you know so weird about this from a liability perspective of these driverless cars is that if there is an accident, whose fault is it? Because it 
if there's no one driving it, then the only person that it could be could be to blame is either the the other vehicle, the non-driverless car, or the driverless car because somehow it didn't operate as it was supposed to, or number one, which would be some kind of manufacturing defect, or because it didn't contemplate or, or react in the situation that it was designed to do. Somehow there was a programming mistake or some sort, and that would be a design defect. In either case, the manufacturer is strictly liable. Yeah, and I think it would be the same thing now, if, even if the employee was driving the car. I think the the big difference is going to be this. So you have an example where your employee's driving the car, part of the job, and they hit somebody. And then you have an example, too, where the your employee's sitting in a driverless car and it hits somebody. So both examples <laughs> you have, the person that gets hit can come after the employer. I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward in, in terms of what, you know, regardless of who else they go after, whether it's the employee or what have you, but in both instances, they, they can go after the employer. I think the difference is in the second example, the employee who's inside the driverless car at that point, I think they would go after the employer as well, as opposed to if they were the one driving the car and they're at fault. They're probably, I mean, I mean, if it, obviously if it's not their car, there's no property issues there, but there's also workers' comp. So like, unless it's in Texas or whatever, so if it was a personal injury, that would be covered. So it, it is an interesting kind of dynamic there. My example was a, it was a Kroger driver in Texas, so. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so no workers' comp. No. no workers' compensation, and he gets into an accident in a driverless car. It's one of those hypotheticals that a law student would ask, those things that would never, ever happen, but they like to ask those hypotheticals. So uh, a bar exam essay question, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, precisely. You raised a good point, too. You have the employee who it's it's their driverless car and they're driving and then something happens. In. I mean, that's that'll throw a, more of a wrench into it. And are there even any rules right now that in place in the U.S. that you can't have a driverless car? The only cars that are allowed to be driverless right now are for testing purposes, experimental purposes, and within a limited geographical range, I believe so. So they actually had to make a special exception. And what actually makes a car driverless, if you think about it, because already we have cars that can park themselves, that can brake automatically, and that can cause all these issues. And, you know, this isn't, I mean, we're, you know, we're trying to relate this to kind of business law, but just this this very interesting aspect of personal injury attorneys are probably dialing in and focusing on these issues because more and more are these manufacturers going to be coming into play when there's such accidents because in theory these accidents are going to be decreased because of these safety features but it's the question is when these safety features fail that it becomes a, a litigation issue if people are really interested i don't know who made this chart if it's anyone Oh, SAE, but there's actually five levels of automation for cars. It's actually a very comprehensive chart. I'm trying to find it. So level five is like fully automated. That that would just be the like you or I sitting in the car while it's driving itself. Level one and two are pretty low level. So that's, I think that's what's out there right now, which is lane departure assistance, which exists in cars and anti-lock brakes, things like that. And then three and four get a little bit more five is fully automated, which is you're just sitting there letting the system just looking at this chart. I can just see, you know, this is a thousand different court decisions that need to be hammered out on this just because <laughs> there's so much going on of, 
oh, this is a level three automation and the human driver is the fallback performance. No, and the other side would say this is a level four where it's the system is the fallback. Like it's it's kind of a mess. Yeah, I, SAE is, I assume, some kind of trade organization for self-driving cars, but pretty interesting, actually. I don't know, maybe we'll link this chart. Did you find the chart? I don't know if it's the same exact design, but it definitely I see the level zero through five, zero being no automation, five being full automation, so. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff that needs to be played out with this, but yeah, I mean, on a employer level or on a business level, you know, I, I mentioned the thing at the beginning about having a, if you're transporting inventory and it's a, I guess a driverless semi or, or something, that's going to be something different. But if it is one of your employees that's involved in this driverless car, I mean, that's just another consideration that you'll have to make. And I, as an employer, and I can see it actually being advantageous just because according to the statistics, crash rate of driverless cars could be as low as 10% of acti- accidents involving human drivers. So if those numbers are accurate, obviously very small sample size, or I don't even know if it's even a sample size, maybe it's a speculation, but if that's the case, I mean, it could be a good thing for employers because there might be less accidents. If that's true, that's crazy because you know auto accidents are one of the number one, not the number one, but one of the top, I think it's in the top five at least of causes of death and injury in, in the United States and and the world for that matter. So, but I think we're still a time away to that though. That's the only problem. Quite far away. Would you say these are robots, the cars or? It depends what you define as robot. I think you would, I think that's considered a robot. Well, because robots are, one of their rules are they're not supposed to harm human beings, right? Isn't that one of the... <laughs> Well, I don't know if you saw, but a robot, assembly, an automotive assembly line robot killed a worker in Germany this past week as they were installing the robot at a Volkswagen assembly line. So yikes, the new Terminator movie is coming out as well. So we all we all know how that works. That, yeah, exactly. That's a great, great reference. Well, the definition of a robot is a machine capable of carrying out a complex series of actions automatically, especially one programmable by a computer. So both the Terminator and uh, driverless cars would fall into that category. I don't think the Terminator got programmed correctly, but... Yeah, it has some, has some manufacturing defects for sure. There's an obvious way to end this episode, by the way, and I don't know if you're going to figure it out. I, I already figured it out, and I'm, I'm reluctant to hear, but hear what you're going to say, but I'll definitely uh, see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say keep it sound, keep it smart, and I'll be back. Very good. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast, The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.